The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 58. Holy crap. Once again, with the uh, the uh, the exclamation of, oh, my God, holy crap, or you know, just can't believe that we're here anymore. I'll never get over that, though. Just like and I, I say it every episode. I'm sure it's old hat now, but uh, 58 episodes just wild to me. And it's my belated birthday episode, so I'm extra excited. I was going to say, speaking of old hat. <laughs> hey, your old hat host for the day are Chris and Savannah. Yes, that is us, is us, and yeah, it was Savannah's birthday last week. Uh, and this this episode was also supposed to come out last week, but we didn't do anything. Life happens, and that's okay. Shit happens. But we are doing it today, and this is the one that you chose for your birthday. Ah, uh, yes, I have heard this album dozen upon dozens of times, and I'm pretty excited to hear what you thought about it. A little nervous, but excited nonetheless. And I'll just say to our audience real quick, too, uh, usually when we record these podcasts, and although the audio listeners won't even notice, uh, we don't have our videos on today. So even the video viewers, obviously, you're not going to be able to see us. Uh, I'm the one who records these conversations on my computer, and it's just not agreeing with us. So we had to turn our videos off in order to save some bandwidth. And things are better, I guess, but this is going to make having a conversation a little more awkward. Yeah, if if you haven't noticed, uh, Chris is recording on a stone tablet. No, I was going to say it's a potato with three wires sticking out of it into an outlet <laughs> in the wall. All right, well, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, potatoes can power light bulbs. I've seen scientific videos. Uh, okay, potatoes are a powerful vegetable. So it seems, but we're not talking about uh, powerful vegetables today. Uh, we're talking about a band. Speaking of electric, though, we are spe- <laughs> we are definitely talking about the band Age of Electric and the album Make a Pest a Pet for episode 58 today. Uh, As said, this was uh, Savannah's birthday choice, so we're yes. going to be doing it, even though it's belated. I don't think it should count, but hey, who am I to say that we can't do it, huh? Ha, ha, ha. Well, me, uh, to, to start. Um... And you always show your records. And unfortunately, I cannot show my record, but I actually have this one. So I went through my record collection of four records and said, you know what? I really like this one. Oh, no, pick it. Do you, do you have it like vinyl or CD? Uh, vinyl. The uh, two 2017 re-release. I don't know. Why don't you take a selfie with it and I'll post it in like the video version because it'll be like a static image. And I'll just put you with your vinyl up right there. If, if you do send me a picture, it'll appear right now. If not, then there's absolutely nothing on the screen. I'll, I'll send you a picture of me holding it in front of a blank wall, like when a parent takes a picture of their child holding up a piece of art. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and you have to have like a half-ass smile, like you don't really care to be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, 58 episodes in. If you're still here joining us as you have been before, thank you very much for joining us again. It's always great to have familiar people in the crowd listening to us, hanging out, being part of that musical community. 
or if you're brand new here, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Hope you enjoy your stay. Uh, hope you have some fun here discussing music, be, being part of our musical community that we like to build. I didn't do that part in the beginning. I had to do that in a second. But regardless, <laughs> that means you don't know what we do here. So each week, Savannah and I will choose an album completely at random, or in this case, a birthday, I suppose. Woo. Or we also do like anniversary style albums. Like, is it turning 20, 30, 40, something along the lines of that? We will cover. We've covered many. We'll cover many more. And of course, we are doing requests as well. We've done many, a few this season. And there's uh, one more, I believe, coming up this season. So, hey, you have that to look forward to. Uh But regardless, we do choose an album every week. We discuss it at length. We rank the songs and then we rate Rate the the record. You tried. <laughs> I did. I did. It was like half there, and then the audio cut like halfway through that like little noise buzzer thing. You know what? I'd like to think that it's endearing at this point. We all know it's not going to succeed, but it's my adamant uh, trying every time that really gets you. And if anything, uh, your audio has slightly improved in this episode because you actually have new equipment now that that OnlyFans is really paying off, huh? I do. Well, yeah. Also, my I don't live near my family, so they're like, oh, happy birthday, have money. And I go, cool, now I can get a new microphone, sweet. Excellent. So I like how you spent your birthday money on a brand new microphone rather than just, like, spoiling yourself. I don't spoil myself normally. If you've gone back through the last 57 episodes, I'd like to think that 55 of them I'm wearing the same shirt. So Probably. I recall (laughs) a few popping up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I am a cheap lady. Well, there you go. And real quick before we start today's episode, though, um, because I forgot to do it in the beginning and I don't know how I forget to do things out of order. Yes, this is the Rate the Record podcast, and uh, you are here to help build that musical community that we just talked about. So make sure you hit that like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow. All of those things really do help the channel grow in many, many ways. We want more eyes and ears on the product, and you can help along with that because you're here. So by all means, spreading the spreading the good word of this I don't want to say good podcast, but I mean, if I, I don't want to sell myself short either. So I guess I'll say spread the good word of the good podcast. Well, to be fair, if you don't want to say good, you can say fantastic. I don't know if that's too much of a stretch, but uh, that's what I'd like to think anyways. Good for you. I disagree. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm telling people to like share a very crappy podcast. Thank you very much. If you do very much yes. appreciate it. Open the audio world, you know, uh, those rankings and reviews, you leave those comments and everything like that. It boosts up in the musical commentary community and we want more people to be a part of it just like you. So please do that. And of course, YouTube, you know, you have to like subscribe and you, you can comment and whatever, all that kind of stuff. And yes, we are over 100 subscribers still. So that means we are going to be starting that contest real soon. What contest do you? Am I talking about the one where we give away a record every month for that that we are over uh, that we are over 100 subscribers on YouTube? I can speak. It's okay. A tongue twister. Apparently. But yes, so uh, that will likely be starting in January, just so everyone knows. So you're not sitting there wondering, like, they said they were going to do it. When are they doing it? I'll I'll declare it now. It's going to start in January. We're going to be releasing a video and a social media post real soon regarding the rules of this and how you can enter and everything like that. So stay tuned for that. And uh, good luck if you do enter for a record. Woo! 
And I'm not sure if this record is still available, but if it is, you could win this one. If we, if you yeah. want. Yeah, because the records are drawn at random and it's ones that we've covered on the show. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily the one we just previously did. They're drawn at random. We already have the first one drawn. I won't say which one it is right now. Mm-hmm. But yes, they're completely drawn at random. So yeah, who who knows? The Age of Electric could appear in February. They could appear next December. They could appear five years from now. Who knows? Maybe never. Beautiful. <laughs> we never know. Well, anyways, it's time to actually jump into this episode. So I think the birthday girl should tell us a little bit about, uh, I was going to say your, her favorite band, but I can't say that as a joke because you only said like dozens of times that you've heard this album. Yeah, well, I mean, I've owned the CD since I was like a teenager, um but you know it's one of those comfort albums you put on you don't really pay attention to it and you know it feels makes you feel good so but you'll feel you'll find out how good it makes me feel later on but i do have some background information about the band as per usual all right and the age of electric formed in saskatchewan canada in 1989 and is made up of two sets of brothers ryan and kurt Dahl on lead guitar and drums and Todd and John Kearns on guitar and bass. The band's EP Ugly was released in 1993, and that gave way to their debut album in 1995. Now, this is a little side note. <clears throat> excuse me. Also, I, uh, I'm i getting over a cold, so excuse the uh, incessant coughing. If excuses, you excuses. Well, I mean, why do you think I didn't record last week? Um, uh, excuses? so i i did say that the uh the ugly ep was released in 1993 but as i was going through my box of crap so i could show all my age of electric goodies um i have a cassette tape that is dated 1990 1991 so wikipedia is definitely missing something oh there we go they they had a couple eps and tapes and whatnot released before that But back on track, they released their debut album, self-titled, in 1995. In 1996, Kurt and Ryan, uh, Kurt and Ryan Dahl, rather, would release an album with their side project, Limb Lifter, which was fairly popular in Canada. And they're still going now with, you know, moderate breaks in between. And I am aware of who they are as well. Yeah, I uh, I actually have their logo tattooed on me. Ooh, how dedicated. Um, <laughs> the Age of Electric's second album, Make a Pest a Pet, was released on February 25th, 1997 on Mercury Records and was recorded solely in Vancouver. Produced by the band and features producer Gil Norton for only two tracks, the album saw three singles, Remote Control, I Don't Mind, and Don't Wreck It. The lead single, Remote Control, was a top 10 hit in Canada, and the album itself peaked at number 78 on the Canadian Albums Chart. In 1998, the record was certified, excuse me, certified gold in Canada, and I don't believe they won any awards, uh, perhaps nominated for a Juno, but uh, I cannot confirm nor deny that fact. Well, there you go, then. My research skills are poor. Yeah, whatever Wikipedia doesn't tell me, I just don't know. (laughs) Right? Like, oh, I love this band. What do you know about it? I don't know. 
I just know that I like their music, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And throughout this entire show, I'm just going to tangent off about stories about the members of the band and uh, and whatnot. Oh, I guess I should probably say uh, last episode we did the uh, spoiler and I said that one of the members of the coming band coming up uh, played with Slash and Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Well, it's Todd Kearns plays bass with uh, Slash. Well, there you go. Then now we finally have the answer to that absolutely dire question we had a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Nobody, nobody could have just looked that up. So absolutely you're welcome not. for the information. Because everyone would have just like got sidetracked and like just Googled slash and everything like yeah. that. They'd have been like, oh, it's Alter Bridge. That's what they're doing. And then they uh, make fun of the November Rain video. And <laughs> they're like, why was I looking up slash again? Yeah, I'm confused. Well, we're not looking up Slash. We're here to talk about the Age of Electric, so I guess we should go ahead and just jump into the album now since it seems we're ready to do that. So let's go ahead and start with song number one, probably their only known hit, Remote Control. Um, Now, because it is my quote-unquote belated birthday episode, I'm going to ask that you go first on every one of these tracks. Is that just so a, is that is that just to kill time so you can actually think of things to say? <laughs> it is not. It is because... I want to, and I can. Good for you. Okay, then I'll do it. <laughs> Fine. So yes, right. the song number one, Remote Control, their only known hit as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh, immediately off the top, like, again, try not to go with bias because I am very much aware of the single. I was alive in this time. I just said, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is definitely a 90s album. I mean, oh, like, yeah. just, there's something so recognizable about the tone alone. And like that a lot of bands at the time, especially like alt rock bands, had this tone. So it's definitely right there for you to hear. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, the song benefits from having, like, lightly overdriven guitars, which, spoiler alert, is kind of a thing that goes through the entire album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Distortion probably wouldn't sound so good on a track like this, or quite literally, like, any track on this album, aside from, like, a few moments, especially with guitar solos. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's, it's again, just a ties back to being an enjoyable tone. Um, I definitely can agree with the whole 90s thing. Um, I think that a lot of Canadian bands that came out around that time or really hit their sort of stride around that time did sort of capitalize on that as well. Um, a lot of them I like and I enjoy. So I guess just that sound is uh, something embedded deep in my brain that just fills me with endorphins or serotonin or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Please refer back to episode 33 when you pick tripping Daisy. <laughs> oh my God. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> Um, but for this one, I really like when albums begin with a single because it really grabs your attention from the beginning, just like that familiarity. You're like, okay, like you really got me for this. What else can you offer? Um, especially when you start off strong like this. Um, I like the layering in the song. Uh, a lot of the songs on this album, even the vocals, just sort of, uh, Todd and Ryan, they do the vocals and sort of, uh, harmonize with each other. And I think that it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, and that happens a lot on some too, especially with the harmonizing and everything like that. Some songs work better than others, but this one was all right for it. Uh, yeah, this, this one has a very wide production to it too. Although I think 
most songs of this album do. I wrote yeah. I wrote this note not having heard any other track on the album, so like kind of keep that in mind moving forward. I think I've done that a couple times. Uh, yeah, so the, the soundscape's filled out. Sounds really good uh, to me for that. And I mean, obviously, a very easy and memorable hook. It's easier to see why this was a single and why it leads to the album. So yeah, like totally understand why this one would be on the radio. Yep. Agreed. Awesome. Then we can, uh, I guess we're just going to move on then because that's all I really mm-hmm. have to say about that one. Song number two, I don't mind. Um, this song started with like enough promise and then it kind of just went like really indie pop rock real fast. <laughs> it, it, it kind of like changed up my expectations of the song. Not that I immediately started hating it, but just it, it killed any momentum it had right in the beginning for me. Um, and also there's background vocals in this whole track that I more often than not find annoying. So, I mean, we're off on a bad foot here. Oh no. Yeah. Already. (laughs) Oh no. That's no good. My, my first line is, uh, I love singing along to this one while also taking over the background vocals. Cause I'll just sing all of it all at once. Hey, I mean, if you can fit it all in, why not? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I, I always want to dance to this song. Like, I I find the drum fills nice. Um, I find that they help lead into the next section and they don't feel like I, I know that some songs that we've reviewed to me, I don't know how to describe it other than the verse doesn't feel like it flows into the chorus nicely. It's just sort of uh butted up against it. It doesn't sort of overlap into it, if that makes any sense. Um, but uh, I find that the drum fills for this one really help uh, sort of mesh the verse with the chorus, and I always like that. It's interesting that you make that note because I, I make that note a few times on this album, how it's just like they don't know how to transition. They don't. And it's really? some, sometimes it's bothersome, and it's not necessarily the songs sound bad, but it's just like if you can't tie in the verse and chorus, I mean, that feels like, lesson two or three of songwriting 101. So, I mean, like, if you can't do that, you're going to have issues. And there's a few points where it really bothered me on this album. I don't recall if this was one of them, though, because I didn't really make a note about it. The only other notes I really have are that, like, um, I, again, kind of a blanket statement on the album. I love the tone on the instrumentals. It's really pleasant on the ears. Actually, later on, one of my notes literally says, the sound is sharp but warm, meaning, like, it's it's a very clean tone, but it's not, like, it's not like abrasive on the ears. It still feels warm and soft in a way. It's it's hard to explain. It just it was pleasant overall, and I think that's like most of the songs on this album. I'm actually kind of glad that we don't have video because um, I'm fuming already. <laughs> you are supposed to love what I love. I did I not promise you that I was going to tank this album because you didn't uh, give Mets an A rating. <laughs> Yeah, but like you're full empty promises. It's just this one is just you you chose the wrong one to actually fulfill that. Um, Yeah, I I don't really have too much about this song. Like I do like it. Um, Again, I don't know if it's just because I've heard it a million times or if I actually really like it, but it makes me want to dance. And that's proven to be a positive with me. Um, I am glad that we don't do a lyrical analysis because just from and this is, you know, through the whole album, if uh, you kind of hear glimpses of the lyrics, what the fuck are they talking about? I have no idea. And I, I know that mostly Ryan Dahl's lyrics, cause he writes a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the music, um, if not with the whole band. 
Um, but his lyrics to me make no sense. They're just very, they're either cryptic or it's like you throw dice and you're like, yeah, okay, what rhymes? Um, and I found that the outro was a bit long, but that's really it. Is it lyrical writing in the same way of like mellow gold era Beck? I've never heard that, so I don't know. Oh, it's his um, first album. That's when like Loser came out, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Like that's entirely nonsensical. Just saying. Like, like I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I want to give you examples of lyrics, but then we're going to get into lyrical breakdowns and what the hell that means. So, and that's illegal on the show. It it is. It is. I will be arrested. Uh, but if you want to know, there the lyrics are everywhere. It's ridiculous. It's like I don't know. I'm sure it makes sense. I'm sure it's an analogy for something. But when you have an entire song that's an analogy, you're like. I, I, the music's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. And I don't know, maybe I'll take a look at the lyrics and see if I can make a heads or tails of whatever the hell's going on. Cause I honestly didn't really pay attention to any lyric in this album. I was just kind of like listening yeah. to the music and going by that. Cause I'd never heard this album before. So if I want to start breaking down lyrics or paying attention to them, I need more than like a couple of listens. That's true. So yeah, this one definitely didn't get that treatment, but who knows one day, maybe I will. Uh, but yeah, the only other thing I have to say about this one is uh, just a good pacing out of the track overall, but like, it really feels like they could have done more to spice it up. But I mean, it's, it's fairly straightforward all the way through. Sounds good for what it is, but I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot to catch me on this one. And this one was also a single, so I don't know if they were just playing it safe, uh, releasing this one, but yeah, and being, what, 3 minutes and 23 seconds, that's really playing it safe. Although, mm-hmm. granted, there's a lot of songs on this album that are, like, nearly the same length. Like, the next two tracks are literally 3 minutes exact and 33 same. seconds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll move on. Song number three, Nothing Happens. And my very first note, this one feels like it could be, like, a tragically hip track for the most part. <laughs> really? Just something about it, like, uh, just the way it was, like, stylized. I could suddenly hear, like, Gore Downey coming in and, like, uh, just going off lyrically with it. It's just like, yeah, this sounds like it could be a hip track, but that's just me. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine a feature by Gord Downey, and that would probably amplify this album right up. Yeah. Because in 97, like, they've already hit their, like, bag of hit singles by yeah, now. Like Road Apples and Foley completely already a few years behind you. And, yeah. And, so and yeah. what, I think in 98, Phantom Power came out, so they were yeah, really it, hitting their 90s sound, too. Yeah, and that, that one had the song Poets, and I really like that song. <laughs> yeah, Fireworks, that one's my favorite. I don't know if I recall that one, but I'm not a huge hit fan, so I couldn't point out every single song by them. Yeah. Mainly just well, their huge hits. And and to quote Chris, we're not talking about the Tragically Hip. We're I was literally about just about to say that, too. I, was I like, know you were. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Tragically Hip. It has everything to do with the age of electric, so let's keep going on with this one. Mm-hmm. Um there was this weird quiet Cynthia organ in the background of the verses that I felt like was like passable, I guess, but um, upon mul- multiple listens, I don't know. It, it felt buried enough that it was just starting to bother me that it was there and like not doing more. Like not that I feel it could be good push forward in the mix, but at the same time, like, yeah. I don't know, just it felt like it was there to be something different, but it was so quiet and kind of, I don't want to say it wasn't noticeable, yeah. It's, it's hard to know what I feel about it, but it's just, I, I kind of liked it, I guess. Uh, it kind of sounded like a MIDI thing, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. No note on that. Uh, I never noticed the like organ intro at all. 
I I think I've just mentally or just audibly ignored it all of these years because actually sort of focusing on the song, I hear it going, where the hell did that come from? Because like, I think I've accepted the sound, but what's making it, my brain's like, yeah, that doesn't matter. So it sort of being buried or, you know, sort of hidden, I, I can relate to that. Because I was very surprised that I didn't really notice it. Is it the same idea that we can like, we can always see our nose, but our brain chooses to ignore it? Yes. And it's funny because as soon as you say that, like I looked down at my nose going, oh God, that's always there. <laughs> and you'll probably see it for the next few minutes, but then your brain will eventually forget about it again. And just, you won't yeah. even worry about it. It's kind of like, I could, I could set off a bunch of fucking triggers right now. Like, you know, the whole idea of manually blinking and manually breathing. You'll do that for like a minute and then your brain will just be like, oh, I got this. Weird. I've so I've been tortured with that before when I was like, don't t- don't tell me these things. <laughs> you are now manually blink- blinking. You are now manually breathing. It's like stop. <laughs> it bothers you. But anyways, on to so music. Weird. You said you were gonna go on tangents. I'm the one doing tangents now. <laughs> yeah, but all of my tangents relied on visual cues. I have like a signed album I was going to show. I have a set list from the show I went to see in 2016. Pictures, selfies, I'll, I'll insert them into the video version. Right? I'm going to. It's, but all, like, it's all good. That's that's I my job a, as an editor. I had a whole story about how I got this Age of Electric cassette tape from Ryan Dahl and I traded him a Facebook page. Traded him? Right? Okay, you want me to go on this tangent now then? Wait, hold okay. on. L- let me save my last two notes for the song and then you can do whatever the hell you want. All right. I'll, I'll just, and then I'll, I'll, then I'll give my notes and then before the next song, I'll actually tell the story. Yeah, there you go. Because I'd rather not do the tangent in the middle of this <laughs> this particular track. Uh, yeah. The only other two notes I have, um, there's like this cool duo solo in the middle of the track. Fun little moment. I totally sounded great. So there's something to enjoy about it. And uh, the verses worked much better than the choruses uh, for this one, in my opinion. There's just something more effective about them. The hook itself didn't catch me, so the chorus mm-hmm. felt kind of like a little forgettable, but everything else about the song I enjoyed. All right. Um, I'm sure there's some positive in that. Um, I think so. So just sort of expanding on my note about the organ, not really paying attention to it. Um, I do like how it scales up leading into the pre-chorus, uh, but it does get a little more annoying as the song goes on, like now that I've sort of fixated on it. Um I really like how loose and relaxed the solo feels. Uh, It does sound good. I'd like to think that's really just his playing. Um, I've seen him play and he just, I don't know. I, I just assume he just sort of baseball mitts the neck and just plays, but it sounds good. So that's cool. Um, I do wish that the solo was closer to the end. I felt that there was far too much song that came after it. So either I had forgotten there was a solo and I'm anticipating a second one, or it just kind of feels like the song sort of dragged on a little bit too long. And even at three minutes, 33, it felt a lot longer than it actually is. Um, And I've kind of always felt like that. So just not a fan, huh? Shit talking an album that you chose. Good job. I I don't pick albums just because they're A plus in my eyes. I pick them because I want other people to listen to them. That's the only reason. Why do you think I pick Psychotic Symphony? I just want other people to listen to them. 
I, I feel honored knowing that I'm only the 11th person to have ever heard that album. <laughs> 11th? Yeah, right. Yeah, probably Whatever. fifth. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Third? Jeez, you, you really just you keep chopping this wood down. Jeez. Anyways, do you want to hear this damn story or not? No, but you're going to tell me anyways. Go ahead. Damn right I am. Okay, so... Uh, Limlifter, their oh god, their third album I believe was released in like 2004. So I thought I'm like, oh, Limlifter isn't going to get back together. This was like 2000 and I don't know, 2010 or something, 2011. So I set my Facebook name as facebook.com/limlifter. Didn't think a single thing about it until one day I get a friend request from Ryan Dahl, and I was like, oh my god this is awesome. And it took me so long for me to realize why or how he found me. And it wasn't until like, I went to my own page for some reason. I was like, Oh, he probably just typed in facebook.com slash limb lifter. So I'm like, well, I'm not very special. So he messaged me and wanted the Facebook name because they were starting the band again. So I'm like, Oh, like no problem. Like I'm not going to hold it hostage or anything, but I did say, do you have a tape cassette copy of Age of, the Age of Electric's latest plague? Uh, if you look it up on Google, I'm sure you'll get a picture of it. I'll take a picture of mine. And uh, he said, yeah, he's like, I'm sure I have one or two laying around. So I gave him my address. He sent me a tape and a couple stickers and I purged my Facebook account. I deleted it and now it is his. So I've. Just completely, like, completely got rid of everything in it. Yeah, yeah, that was all. Like, I, I moved it over to a new one. So, like, a lot of uh, a lot of friends were lost. I'm sorry. Worth it. Have a cassette tape. No way to play it, and I will never play it because I'm terrified that it'll get chewed up. So, it's this has been ne- never played, uh, only opened a couple times. Yeah, you'll buy and, a small-ass uh, boombox from Value Village, put oh, the tape yeah. in, just immediately, it's gone. Oh my god, yeah, one of those cool silver ones that the reason it's at Value Village is because it doesn't work. It's got great bass, yeah. but no midsection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, there's a that story behind that. I I also have a, 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 sign, a signed copy of the Age of Electric self-titled album that I have a story about, but uh, I'm sure I'll blast that one out later on in the episode yeah you can't unleash all of your stories at once you got to spread them out like you know like a a fine spread on toast right this episode is the toast and your stories are the spread (laughs) yeah the good parts yeah the good the only good parts of the episode the redeeming parts exactly exactly and meanwhile i'm just i'm sitting here it's like can we just get through this and then you're just like man you complain a lot don't you ha song number five you complain it's not it's unity or grenadine is it it is i scrolled too far on my page oh well that shows, that shows you how far fast i want to get through this whole review me right we're like telling stories and shit so you just want to get to my four, story i know unity or grenadine you're absolutely right that's what it is mm-hmm. probably should have just did you complain right there and then go backwards but it doesn't even really matter anyways um so i do like the baseline for this tra- track sounds yeah. cool and it's, it's a different start too and just like a different part as compared to what we've heard so far because just i mean you haven't heard bass chords to this whole album and here it is suddenly i will say though um there was a really weird and bad mixing choice in this track 
like right in the intro where you have the bass playing and then you have like the drums like way the hell off into one side of the headphones it's just like on the ride cymbal mm-hmm. it was a really unappealing production decision i don't know why they chose it it's like stylistically themistically the- thematically i should say like i can't understand why they would do that it sounds bad and you don't hear it for the rest of the track so i don't know why they did that i like the sound of the bass though um, I, I never noticed. I will be listening to it again later on and seeing if I notice the same thing. But my first note is, yay, it starts with bass and it's not just rapid eight notes. So very pleased with that. Um, I do like that the drums and bass kind of take center stage for most of the song. But like you had said, I, I want to go see what you're talking about with the whole drum thing at the beginning. Yeah, it's like right in the very beginning. Did you listen through speakers or on headphones or anything? Um, I mean, I have done both, but to do this review, I did half and half. So I, don't, be- I can't recall what I did with this one. Because I heard it in headphones, just that, that part. And just I, I don't know if it was just the mix Spotify gave me or something like that, but just yeah. It was, it was particularly bad for that part. And I was just, I didn't like it. Well, the one on Spotify is remixed. So I don't know if that was a, uh, a recent choice. I'd have to go back and listen to my actual CD and see if it's on there. I would question who went back, did that and got the green light because it, that's just, that's, that's terrible. Oh my uh, God. Just It's like such a short part too. And it's like, it stuck out so much in my mind. It's funny how like negative things are so memorable to us, but then like positive things like, Oh yeah, I like that. I just don't remember a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't really say on this, uh, this record who remixed it. Um, but it, just, yeah, no, it doesn't really say. Um, that's all right. Um, there's a Mellotron on this track. Notice that completely right away. And of course, I'm always going to mention it because it always catches my attention. So, hey, mm-hmm. good on you for that. Um, I do like how, for the most part, like the bass takes the lead with the melody, or at least that's yeah. how it feels. So that's really cool. It is something different to appreciate, but it like, it also makes the song feel kind of bare because let's not, the other instruments don't really feel like they pick up too much of the slack. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like you got this cool lead bass, but then it's just like you have nothing else filling out any other area. So just again, production wise felt like a little strange to me. Yeah, it it does feel a little, I don't know, hollow, I guess. I don't know. It, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't really fill out too much, especially like even when the guitar comes in, it still sort of feels empty in a way. I don't know if that was by design or whatnot. Um, I do like that this one is kind of a slower sort of tempo, slower pace without stopping the flow of the record. Yeah, it, it kind of came in at a good time because the last three tracks have been like uh, like a pretty moderate pace, I guess. Yeah. So something to kind of make you feel like it's slowing down is good. And yeah, once those guitars kicked in, it, like it kind of felt like a whole other track at that point. And mm-hmm. I mean, both sound fine on their own, but this is just another one of those moments where like it didn't meld all that well together. So it's, it's like when we mentioned earlier about like the whole verse course scenario, uh, like this is kind of like that too, where it's like, yeah, you have this whole other portion. It sounds like a different thing. Doesn't really blend well together. So I don't know, just a lot of weird choices in that matter. Yeah, I, I can see that. I respect that. I, uh, I don't know. My, my last note is again, I enjoy the vocal harmonizing. I'm going to say that every time it comes up, I'm pretty sure it comes up a couple more times, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. When I can really hear it, I think it sounds great. There's one coming up later I know that sounds bad, and it has to do with falsettos too. So 
Oh, probably. I wrote a note about it. I can't remember what song it is, but when it comes up, we all know exactly yeah. which one I'm talking about. All right. All right. Now I can complain. Ha ha. Funny joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Number five, you complain. Um, another comparison to another band, as I said, with the last track, one of the last tracks are being tragically hip. Immediately reminds me of the instrumental track Hispanic Impression by the Queens of the Stone Age, which is their very first album, by the way. So... Yeah, like if you heard, like I know you wouldn't, you probably haven't heard it or anything, but the idea is like if you listen to that song and then you listen to this one, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Just in the way, it's got like that that very bouncy three four, like they're both kind of like structured like that. So that's what it reminded me of. Interesting. I bet this one came out first. Uh, when did this album come out again? Ninety seven. Yeah, I think it came out by like a wow. year earlier. Oh, it looks like they owe them some royalties. Well, it depends on when they wrote that uh, Hispanic Impression song because Josh has been making music for a while. Uh, no, still royalties, doesn't matter. Suppose. I uh, I like the drums on this one. Um, I I like the drums on so many of the songs on this album. I find that they're very tight and they just they add enough where it's needed and it's not like drum fills just for the fuck of it, you know? Yeah. So I like that. Um, and to be honest, the vocals sell me on this song, although I never really liked how repetitive it seems. I kind of have this strange newfound appreciation for it. And I know that, that I say about another song coming up, just, I never really liked it before, um, but having to listen to it a couple times back to back to back, I'm like, okay, this, this song's not as bad as, you know, I used to think it was. So that was good. Kind of redeemed itself. Well, at least you have the benefit of being able to do that because, again, like this was like my first like what handful of listens. So I, I don't get to go back and have that retrospective like, hmm, I didn't like it then, but I like it now. Uh, my opinion was the same on pretty much every listen. Um, the, yeah, this, the song does have like a, a lot of repetitive, like riffing in it. And to me, after the first minute, that riff gets really annoying. Mm-hmm. Just like the main guitar riff. Like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't really do anything other than just kind of play it straightforward. It just, it bothers me a bit. It definitely sounds better when they like start incorporating like, like guitar chords into the sound or anything like that. A lot, it's a lot better that when it moves into the chorus is fine. But just, I don't know, just that same riff over and over again, just because of the style of the composition. It's like, you need to do something else besides just this. I think the one part that really annoys me is the, I, I don't really know really what it is, but it kind of sounds like sireny because it's just like high string. It's like over and over. I'm like, I I could do with less of that. Um, But yeah, I I think I know what you're talking about. Like I, I'm, just, I, I'm trying to remember like a lot of these tracks at the top of my head. But again, being new, it's kind of hard to. Yeah. But I think I know what you're talking about. Um, there's one part of the track that I liked, and that to me they kind of blew it though. Um, it's it's this part that's like in the middle towards the end where like it's the volume starts getting a little quieter, and I felt like they were dropping to like build back into something like a little like more energetic. Is it right when it ends? Something along, I, I think I think that was it's towards the end. I know that much. Like yeah. th- th- it was kind of like they're playing that riff. It was getting quieter. The instrumentals were getting quieter, and it's like, oh, this is where they can pick back up and really just fire up the ending. Uh, but it didn't really do that. Like they they picked back up, but at the same time, like the energy wasn't there, which 
there there could have been there could have been something interesting uh like they should have used that idea a little more and it, but it just feels like they botched the energy and like you know could have built it up a little better spent a little more time writing it it could have mm-hmm. been a lot better man you do complain eh i do oh my lord yeah i got nothing else for that one I complain so much that I scare myself. Hi, uh, pun. This time it's timely. Number six, scare myself. Ay, ay, ay. I had to get one of them on the, the nose there or whatever. Well, you know what? I'd like to think that I gave you the assist. So I, I mean, hey, if you if you want to pat yourself on that, go right ahead. I will. Thank you. I'm not going to humble brag, but I did do that for you. Oh. Anyways, yes. Yeah, so song number six, scare myself. Um. I'm just kind of reading through my notes here. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I'm having another one of those moments. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Just because uh, I forgot how the song started. And the song essentially starts with the chorus. Yes. Uh, so because I said, I'm assuming the latter portions are the chorus. And so I had to figure out what the hell I was saying there. Um, I like them a hell of a lot better than the verse. This is one of those songs that had an awful transition between chorus and verse. I, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like... There's an absolute disconnect between the two that don't even feel like they're part of the same song. And it frankly takes away any of the positive feeling the chorus gave me. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what they were thinking for that one. Interesting. I, I like both parts independently. I can definitely see what you mean about it sort of feeling like disconnected, disjointed. Um, I like that the verses are kind of like slower, I guess. Um, I like the guitar during the verses. Um, I don't think that it was written. It sounds far too off the cuff and like, I don't know, passionate, I guess, um, where it's just sort of, you listen to the bass track and then you're like, okay, like bass, like B-A-S-E, um, the bass track. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to throw some shit on this while I listen to it one run and it's done. So yeah, I like, that. like yeah, I, I can I can get that too, and I I did write that like this song could work as two two separate tracks. Yeah, because like yeah, the the verse is really chill and it sounds fine. Like I didn't have a problem with that. I didn't have a problem with the chorus either. It's energetic. It pushes the song along like what I felt was appropriately. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I feel like this song didn't really know what it wanted to be. If that makes sense. I mean, like if they had taken a little longer to write it, just like one of the previous ones we were talking about, like maybe something better could have come out of it. Like even even something of a better transition, like a pre-course or something that could have worked, but just I don't know. They just it's two weird ideas that don't meld well together, you know. You're eating mm-hmm. a peanut butter and ketchup sandwich, like it's too you Ew. might like ketchup, you know, might like peanut butter, but together not you won't. Ew, that's a disgusting uh imagery. That's how the song makes me feel though. Mm. That's not good. Um, no, not really. This this song does have one of my favorite solos on the record. Uh, I think it was very fitting, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I I do have sort of a criticism with this one. Uh, shock face. Uh, when the song quiets down, it kind of had a chance to ride that wave, but it just didn't, and it just went back to the chorus with no changes. Um, that was kind of like. I don't, I don't want to say annoying, but it was one of those times of, oh, are you going to offer me? Oh, we're just going back to that. Okay. There's so many moments on this album where I feel like the band was afraid to take chances. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have a formula. They're like, okay, let's stick to the formula as if like 
if you veer from this, your career is ruined. Yeah. So, and like, I feel like this happened quite a few times on the album, which is unfortunate because I feel like if they, they like, you don't got to go crazy, but I mean, like if you tried something a little different in a song and just, you know, threw in something a little different every once in a while, like I think it'd be actually way more appreciative and like beneficial in the end. Mm-hmm. I get that. I don't have much for that one anymore. Yeah, me neither. I, I I did a lot of complaining for that one, but I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, you. Uh, I'm used to it now. It's fine. Yeah, notice it's the ones that you pick where I'm usually like, "This sucks." Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed. Thank you. I'm not doing it on purpose. Wink. Lies. <laughs> Song number seven, blow up. Um, so far, like for this track, it had a really good pace to start. I liked it. Uh, definitely sounds like something out of like a a '90s, 2000s teen comedy. <laughs> um, really? I will say though, like this, this one's like another one of the short-ish ones, like three minutes and twenty-five seconds. Uh, not much changes up in this song, but I will yeah. say though that it's kind of nice to have something consistent. And as like compared to the previous track, that just like felt lost in its writing. So like, if mm-hmm. I'm comparing this to "Scare Myself," obviously I like it a lot better. Yeah. Um, and I, I do like the t- uh, once again I, I wrote about, about the uh, the tone earlier in my review, but like I do like the. Uh, I, I like the slow, slightly overdriven rhythm guitar in this one. It's got that, sh- that's where I say that sharp but warm feeling and it doesn't stand out too much. So it's just kind mm-hmm. of like a nice thing to have in the background. Yeah. yeah basing the, well, this one's good. It's a fun track. I liked it. So there you go. Positive. Yay. Good. I like this song. Um, this song is sung by Ryan Dahl. Uh, he sings two songs on this track or on this record rather. Um, to me, because I've listened to Limb Lifter, this definitely sounds like Limb Lifter. Uh, it doesn't help that uh, half of Limb Lifter is half of Age of Electric. Um, definitely a major fan of the drums. Again, the fills definitely please me. And I kind of like the sort of stumbling feel that it gives me. Um, that's entertaining and enjoyable. Um, and yeah, just with Ryan singing the song, um, him and Todd definitely have different singing and guitar playing styles. So it's nice that the record can kind of benefit from showcasing both of them. I guess I didn't notice in this one about the vocals, but there's a track coming up where I noticed like, it sounded like a different singer. Yeah. Like, it, like, cause you have this, the, the one main guy who's like higher pitch, a little more nasally and everything like that. Whereas yeah. like this other guy, it sounded like a little more like, uh, like, held back i guess in a way in his voice mm-hmm. so just yeah definitely definitely a difference there and i again that'll come up uh i don't remember which song i think another few ones coming up yeah if you if you make note of it it is more than likely the the other one that he sings so oh is it, the, is it the song real stumper yes it is okay cool that's where i made that out then yeah yeah todd has more of a kind of i, I don't know you can see him singing in a glam rock band which i'm pretty sure that's how they started really yeah yuck there there are some uh there are some videos and pictures online if you'd like to indulge yourself but uh i'd like to say by the beginning of the 90s they've definitely shed it all hey this is not most of it this would be a great transition that if you're telling stories about the band if you have another story you'd like to tell right now now's the time to do it i do i do okay there's no better way to transition so you might as well just go right into it i'm gonna do sort of an abridged story because this is sort of a couple stories in one 
So I have uh, the Age of Electric self-titled album. The background of the album is white. So I figured it was a good idea to use this record to get all four of their signatures. Now, I decided to do this knowing that the band was not together at all. Um, I never thought that they would ever get back together. So my the first one is I went to a limb lifter show and this was after my interaction on Facebook and whatnot. So I went to a limb lifter show and I got Ryan Dahl's uh, signature. He wrote across the uh, the front cover Savannah's copy. So I can't ever sell it like I ever would want to. Um, but I have his signature. So that's one out of four. Number two, uh, John Kearns, the bassist. I found, Have do you remember uh, Robin Black and the Intergalactic Rock Stars? I wish I didn't. <laughs> oh, do you though? Yes, I know. Oh, I'm that's so, 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 so <laughs> sick of you. Yeah, I remember Excellent. him. Excellent. Okay, good. So, I nearly um, met him actually. <laughs> so little side note, a, a side story off a side story. Um, one of my friends, he used to work with like, I think Sportsnet or something and, uh, did MMA stuff. And Robin Black is a, I guess, amateur MMA fighter and commentator oh, and stuff like that. He, he, he's a fighter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so right my, my, my friend and, uh, Robin Black, they knew each other. And, uh, my friend asked Robin Black, Robin Black to give me a call on my birthday. And this was, I think in. 2011 or so so about 11 years ago uh i got a phone call from robin black he wished me a happy birthday and i will never forget that it is the be best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life up until today i mean that is pretty badass that he just calls you on the phone right it was so cool i did not expect it at all um but getting back to my main point uh john kearns he played bass at a show that uh, Robin Black was playing. They obviously played in the, the same band. So I went, um, unfortunately, did not see the show, bought a ticket, left, came back, and I just wanted to get John Kern's signature. That was literally the only reason that I was there. Um, so he was number two. I got that done. Um, number three and number four. Now, Kurt Dahl ended up going to play drums for the new pornographers, um, I was planning on seeing them live sometime so I could get his signature and Todd Kearns, ooh, him playing bass with Slash, that, that was going to be my, my unicorn, you know, that was going to be really difficult for me to get his signature. Mm -hmm. Well, um, before I ended up getting signatures three and four, I ended up buying a ticket to see Slash in Toronto. Now, a friend of a friend was living across the street from the venue. So after the show, we went up to their apartment. We're watching the venue and we're just watching, waiting for them to leave so we could just run downstairs and go get a signature. Well, apparently the band had left first. So I had shown up to the show anticipating meeting Todd Kearns. Meanwhile, I ended up meeting Slash and getting his signature instead. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a pretty good consolation prize, right? Yeah, it, it ended up working out and it was awesome. So fast forward until 2000, I believe 16 or 17. I can't really put my finger on it. But uh, by that time, Age of Electric had decided 
to get back together. Um, they haven't released anything new, only a couple extra tracks that were released on the uh, Make a Pest a Pet re-release, and they are on Spotify as well. Um, but they played a show, and I went to said show, and I ended up getting uh, Kurt Dahl's signature and Todd Kern's signature. And I told Todd the story of me showing up to a Slash show, wanting to meet him, but ended up meeting Slash anyways. And I told him, like, yeah. And it was okay. He's like, oh, I'm going to tell him that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Go right ahead. So that was my story of how I got all of their signatures on my album. What a story, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't, actually don't think I have any more. Those, those two are the most entertaining. Well, I mean, hey, that, that was still a pretty cool story, though. I mean, like, at the very least, when I when I got to meet, like, Nine Inch Nails, I was able to get all their signatures at once. Yeah, see, so, that's cool, though. But then I had to carry this big, it was also, like, a four-disc album. It's their Ghost album, and so it's huge and bulky. And I oh had that God. in my pocket at a concert since I was going <laughs> right to the concert from the autograph session. So, and I was in the crowd, not in the seat, so there was also a mosh pit going on. It was oh it was God. chaotic, and I was it was hard to not damage it. That, that kind of reminds me of when I went to see... Um, Gigantour with uh Megadeth Ew. and that's where I go whatever that's where I got my picture where I have my picture with Dave Mustaine and the rest of the band thanks for your money um, but uh they they gave me a poster which I'm pretty sure you've seen the bottom of in my background and uh so they all signed it and everything I'm pretty sure it was already signed by the time I had received it but uh because we got VIP tickets or I got VIP tickets we were at the we were at the barrier at the front of the stage and uh there were a couple guys that were part of the vip section and they were just loaded they were just so drunk but they have their signed posters and they're like hanging them over the railing and they're getting all torn up and everything and i felt so bad for them because they're just not in their right mind to take care of this and the entire show for me was based around protecting this this poster. That was it. Like I don't you you bump into me and I'm gonna throw some forearms. Like you stay the hell away from me. I want to hang this fucking poster. So I feel really bad for the guys who probably woke up in the morning, looked at it, and went, "Well, shit." That well, maybe sucks. don't get shit faced out of right? concert then. Right? Exactly. Especially if you have to protect something. Hell no. Yeah, imagine you went with a baby, got shit face, and you wake up the next morning. Where's the baby? <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. And it's just like it's just sitting in the middle of the empty auditorium, just in a stroller. That's it, just crickets. Really. Well, what a story that was indeed. Yeah. Heck yeah. And so I guess then uh, you had that Megadeth poster, and you're just like, I hope I don't wreck it. Long. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, we'll move on. Song number eight, Don't Wreck It. Um, and I will say, um, as compared to some of the other ones, this song does a better job of transitioning into and out of verse and chorus. So that it's like it's like these increasing slopes of like less energy to more, if that makes sense. And I, I could appreciate mm -hmm. that. At the very least, though, they did a better job in this one. So I, I had to point it out considering I've been talking shit on that particular style of writing now. For the last like what seven songs i have the same note verse to chorus transition is seamless in this one ah so then we both notice it which means it's got to yeah. be a fact mm -hmm. um and then yeah there, there, there's this 
there's a call and answer. Uh, I believe it's like towards the middle of the track of saying, please don't wreck it. Yeah. It's just after the middle of the track and it has like the most, this is where it was weird to write this note. Cause it had, I had to write it in a way that made sense. Uh, it has the most nineties vibes to it on an alt rock album made in the nineties. <laughs> Like it, it was a single too, so maybe, maybe it, that's why. It's not that that doesn't that whole call and answer thing doesn't happen anymore, but just with the tone, the style, the pacing, it was very, very nineties. Yeah, you know what? The more that you point that out, the more I kind of think, you know what? I I have a type. I definitely have a type. So if you were going on to a music Tinder and you were going to date an album, could this potentially be one of the runners up? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, and and um, I am an electric firecracker by Tripping Daisy, their album that came uh, before the one that we reviewed. Oh, you're gonna be in a polyamorous musical relationship with two other yes. albums. Yes, <laughs> what Damn a right. world we live in. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. anything to say for this song? <laughs> um, I, I'm on. just, I'm sorry. I'm like I said at the beginning of the show. I'm getting over a cold, so I'm really just trying to sniffle without making any noise. So. And also to just like, once again, we don't have our webcams on. So this is the first time we haven't seen each other while recording. Right. And so it's like, is he going to start talking? There, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't. Am I going to talk over him? Who cares? Doesn't matter. It's my birthday. Precisely. Um, I, I've always had a soft spot for this chorus um, and attempting to hit those high notes. Um, I, I sing like Eddie Vedder. Uh, so try, and I don't know sort of what, uh, what to really call that, but, uh, I call it either. I, uh, yeah, it's I, because those are the sounds he makes when he sings. Like, I, I don't know what a tenor or a whatever is, but, uh, I definitely sing more on the lower end. So trying to sing with Todd Kearns and kind of going up there, it just does not happen. Although I attempt it every single time. Um, I find this just a generally pleasing song. I do find that the ending is drawn out a little too much, but uh, you cut that down for a radio edit and bam, you got gold. Well, I mean, I mean, if you had gold, then it probably would have done better than it did. But uh, in my eyes and my ears, gold. Uh, that's it's funny just listening to you say that because my last note actually has to do with that final like minute and a half of the track, the ending. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was sitting there like, you know, I'm not exactly hating the album so far up to this point or anything like that. But I'm looking at a five and a half minute track on, a, on an album full of like three and a half minute tracks. I'm like, what the hell are they gonna do with five and a half minutes? Yeah. And, and actually, to be honest, I, I honestly didn't mind it. It was like just like a kind of a minute and a half instrumental jam type thing. Yeah. Um, it definitely had something of a Pearl Jam vibe to it. Speaking <laughs> of you uh, mentioning Andy Vedder there, like there's something about the instrumentals that reminded me of Pearl Jam. So it sounds like they're just using a bunch of different influences in uh, in this album, like maybe Pearl Jam, maybe Tragically Hip, like maybe that's all just kind of part of it. I don't know. Uh, I don't feel like it dragged too long. It was actually kind of nice to have. And I like the like the little quiet solo guitar that kind of closes out the track. So Mm-hmm. The ending really had me there. I liked it. And I was like, you know what? That actually wasn't bad for a five and a half minute track. I was expecting a lot worse. Well, I was expecting a worse review. Okay. Okay. I can, I can get on board with this. Now I seem like the dick, but you know what? That's okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Take I mean, it. we, we have to have the opposing views every once in a while. So I'm glad without like, without even saying anything, we just know which songs that we can go completely 180 on. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I'm I'm down for that. I don't uh, I don't have much much else other than at the very beginning. Uh, I was happy that the reggae esque riffs ended real quick, and then the rest of it, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I like it. I would have to listen again. I don't recall mm-hmm. reggae. Uh, I think it was just the uh, guitar strum pattern that reminds me of sort of a reggae beat. That kind of like that second note, like up strum type thing. Yeah, what whatever that is, I it's okay. Uh, I like when it's a little bit more rock oriented. But as soon as something kind of sounds like reggae, I'm like, this just isn't my bag. I have far too much energy to listen to reggae. So I don't know. I don't know. Some reggae can be energetic depending on what you're listening to. Yeah, not really. Just say you don't just say you don't like reggae music or the people be racist and we'll move on. Oh, no, no. People are fine. The music is just not my bag. That's it. That's just trying to throw you under the bus. That's all. Happy oh, birthday. I, I, yeah, I can feel it. Thank you. A road rash. Uh, you're getting old and you're getting cranky. Song number nine, cranky. Just trying to find all these like weird ends now for stupid puns. You know what? I'm just going to let you have, I'm going to let you have these ones. It's fine. Well, the fact that I introduce every song and then for this episode, I have to start every review. I I have to do something. Well, literally you have to start every review because I don't have any visual cues. So I'm like, just start it. Just, it makes way more sense. I think there's only been one song out of all 58 episodes that we've done now that you've started the song review. Cause I think it was like something particular that you wanted to jump in on. Yeah. But it only happened once. I, I haven't given you those permissions yet. Yeah. Yeah. I know you keep the passwords. Mm. Exactly. Song number nine, cranky. Um, so I, I really only have one note for this one and cause the song's really short. It's, it's awesome. Three sixteen minutes long. Um, I, <laughs> I like how they, for the most part, uh, subtracted the percussion from this entire track. Mm-hmm. At first I felt like the song kind of like lacked and suffered from it, but then like upon a few listens, I actually kind of appreciated that they did something a little different and it mm-hmm. made for like a relatively chill song that also had just enough energy to kind of like let it breathe on its own. So this actually wasn't all that bad. It's not like, that's not like super top of my list, but it's yeah. not bad. Um, just a note, six Steve Austin reference. Um, I, I like yeah. that. <laughs> I, what? Um, I like that this song is kind of like a come down from the last track. And is it ever a come down? Um, it is, like you said, very simplistic. Nothing is too overdriven, which is nice. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the verse and chorus melody over and over, then it's done more like a palette cleanser and it definitely worked. Yeah, there's, there wasn't a whole lot to anticipate. Like I was kind of sitting there, especially on the first listen, waiting for the drums to come in. You kind of get these, like these percussive hits every once in a while, these quiet little percussive hits, but like there's no snare, there's no cymbals or anything like that. It's like yeah. kind of like a kick drum or maybe even a, like a low floor tom. Mm-hmm. But that's all it is. And you know what? That's all it really needed. It didn't need to go too overboard. It didn't even need to have like a standard like ta-ta, ti-ti-ta kind of drum beat. So, I mean, I liked I liked this one. It was fine. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure if I can recall, it has, a, I don't know, kind of like a string sort of thing. I, I know it's a organ or keys or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I find that it uh, it adds something without taking away something else. And I like that. If I'm remembering correctly, I wonder if this is another song that had the Mellotron in it, because that's that would be the strings you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I have the paper to find this out, I think. The liner notes. Do, do, do. Killing One, time. Two, feeling fine. Killing time. Killing time. I don't see it. No. Oh, I, oh damn. I just I just realized it sucks that we didn't have the video because like I, I had a, I had a gag for you for your birthday, but now I can't do it. Because <laughs> it's like completely visual. So I can't just I can't describe it. Right. This completely ruined everything. It does say Mellotron on here uh, and it doesn't say any other uh, instruments. So I OK, then it's 100 percent Mellotron then. Cool. Yeah. Figured as much. All right. We'll move on because, uh, yeah, 13 song album. So we got to keep going. Song yeah. number 10, Real Stumper. And this is that one that I mentioned that, hey, this sounds like a different singer. And then you confirmed that for me. So now I know. 100 percent. Um, I did write the introduction is promising. I do like that slower beat and everything just kind of happening with the instrumentals. Everything sounded nice. But this is where I really noticed that it was a different singer because I was like, first off, I asked if it is. And you've answered that question for me. <laughs> and I just said, he's really a hit or miss for me. Like there's parts that I like and then there's parts that I don't like about it. Okay. So it's just kind of weird to just have a song where I'm sitting there like, I don't like the way he's singing. Okay, that's not so bad. Oh, wait, now I don't like this. Yeah. I, I get that. Like, I can't recall any songs off the top of my head, uh, but I definitely know that there are songs from other artists that are like that, where certain parts from like, oh, this is pleasing. And then they hit a certain note or a certain vocal run. And it like physically makes me cringe for some reason. And I'm like, oh, I hate this so much. But it's not like spot like a spotlight of the song but just having it there i'm just like you know what i'm just gonna skip this entire song because i can't handle those parts so i get that yeah um i will say uh because i usually point this out on my reviews anyways shout out to the the work on the tom drums in this song as always i think they sound good i like that like rolling rumble feeling that it gives in the verses so that's really mm -hmm. cool and I mean, realistically, this song has some good things going for it. It doesn't really feel complete, though. It's in, oh, no. I, I don't know. Like, it, it feels like they had a verse and a chorus, and they're just like, okay, this sounds good. But then they just said, screw it. It's a song now. Well, like, maybe writing the song was a real stumper. Maybe, maybe it was. Just, mm -hmm. just maybe. I can't, I, I can't put my finger on it, but just maybe. Mm -hmm. Realistically, though, yeah, maybe it was because, I mean, the verse was fine. The course was fine. But like they didn't really have any good like fillers, no lead ins, like not, no real good pre-course or anything like this. The song felt kind of lacking, so it felt incomplete to me. Um, I do notice and have always noticed that the vocal melody just kind of seems like conversational, I guess. I don't know how else to describe that. Um other than it just it like doesn't feel forced or rehearsed or anything it just feels like again it was written while recording and then bam song complete um like maybe there was music and he went in and just like started sing talking and then done and done but i'm down for it i liked it um like blow up this one immediately got my attention when i first heard this album it not only has a different vocalist it kind of has like a different vibe to it uh than the rest of the record um i i don't know how else to describe that but uh i guess my favorite part of the whole thing is i really like how it like naturally comes to an end it isn't forced it isn't like faded out it's just it ends on the end of a bar and that's it you're done and i like that 
Yeah, because there's a few songs in this album that kind of feel like it's like they're one chord too short, like and it leaves you in suspense a little bit. Or there's one where it keeps playing the same thing and I'm waiting for that resolution of the song ending and then it does it again and again. And I'm like, just end, please. And there's also a couple of abrupt endings on this album, too. Yeah. Which those aren't always so bad. Just depends on how the song flows. Like you really need to pick and choose your endings carefully because it's like, you know, it's it's like if you had an abrupt ending during a ballad like that, just that would feel so off putting. Yeah, that's true. All right, so I guess we're good to move on here. So mm-hmm. song number 11, Mad at the World. Um, at this point, we're getting pretty late into the album, though, but I was saying yeah. that at this point, I'm, I'm, tar- I'm, I'm tiring a little bit of that uppy, poppy alt-rock sound that they've kind of had in the album so far. Uh, yeah. The last few songs, at the very least, ventured into slightly different territory, and that that was good for me. That kind of gave me something new to take in. But like, this is just kind of a return to what they've mostly been doing up to this point. So mm-hmm. I was trying not to be so weary of it, but it was hard to. Oh my God. Okay. I only have three points and I just want to r- run them off one after another and then let you finish because I think I, I think we're going to agree completely on this one. Um, even though I've heard the song dozens of times, there really isn't one thing that ultimately sticks out to me. And it reflects a few songs we've heard previously. So I can definitely relate to it sounding very familiar in a way. Um, and oh, never mind. My, my last note is irrelevant. So just the two. That's fine because actually I have one. More, I only have one more point as well. And it is kind of irrelevant to that portion. I did say that I like what sounds like an acoustic just at the halfway point of the song. It's very mm-hmm. brief and it added a nice little texture to what I called a one flavored sandwich. Ew. So is it just ketchup now then? No peanut butter? Probably because I like peanut butter more than ketchup. Yeah. Oh, mm. that's sad. And um, well, I only have one one more note and it's just about like the chorus and just my preference on how songs are written. Um, I enjoy when the chorus is cut short and you only get half of it at like at first. And then when the second chorus comes in, then they sing or they play the entire chorus. I really like when bands do that because it's kind of like a little appetizer at the beginning. And then the second time around, they give you the entree. I enjoy that. And I always notice it and I really like it. So that was a positive for this song, at least. Yeah, they hold you off a little bit. Just make sure that you're in it for the long game. Yeah. And just any band that does that, you you just cut it, cut it pretty much right in half and then you play the other half the second time around and really you get that payoff. And I like that. Well, at least you like that much about it then. Uh, I mean, I I, again, like, yeah, there, there wasn't much for, to grab for the song for me. Like I did, I liked a couple parts of it, but other than that, just, yeah, it's just, this is where I was saying earlier, like it feels like they were afraid to take chances because like they could have done something else with this song, but they didn't. Yeah. I get that. They're writing this song and they realize it sounds the same and they're just like, my mistake. <laughs> I knew where that was going. Yeah, that's fine. That that, that, I'm not trying to make them unpredictable. I'm just trying to get them out at this point. <laughs> it's kind of like you you could see I have a big bag of like shitty looking lollipops and you could see I'm like going down the row, handing them off one by one. You're like, oh, he's going to give me one, isn't he? Yeah, I don't want this. (laughs) And sure enough, there's no tricks, no surprises. I literally just walk up to you and like, here you go. And then I just, you you look, it doesn't even have a wrapper on it. It's got, it's covered in hair and (laughs) band-aids. 
Song number 12. I think doing this podcast is now becoming my mistake. My Lord, that's a disgusting mental image. Thank you, though. I've given you every reason to exit, and now you're giving me every reason to try to fire you. So regardless, I feel like there's this big, like, collective consciousness just to get you off the podcast. Yeah, right. Alrighty then, song 12, my mistake. Yeah. Um, the the bass felt heavier in the mix for this track, which is fine. It's mm-hmm. nice to to feel like something else is taking the lead, although it wasn't technically taking the lead. It just kind of felt like that because of the mix. Um, this is the the song though where I mentioned that the falsettos in this track, like I just literally said, some of the falsettos in this track, yikes. <laughs> They're not all terrible, but there's a few moments that have me snickering at how bad they sounded, and I don't know why they recorded and been like, "Hey, that's pretty cool." It's like, no, it's not cool. Stop. I'm gonna wedge you, you fucking nerd. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So I I wasn't sure really what you meant about that, uh, but I'm looking through my notes and I see. The high octave singing sounds a little unnatural, although I know he can hit those notes when necessary. Yeah, doing a whole like a run of them is kind of like, what is happening? Well, then I'm glad that we more or less agreed on it then. Yeah, yeah. Like, because the way you phrase it, I'm like, oh, maybe it's, you know, the harmonizing, maybe it's higher in the background. But uh, yeah, it's definitely like an entire bridge of just really high singing yeah i mean that's that's what the falsettos are it's just uh falsettos are iffy i know a lot of musicians use them and like some people use them all right some people not so much this was not used all that well here yeah fair enough um i don't really have too much for this one um i do like like you i do enjoy that i can hear the bass um it is quite melodic i really like that it's not just you know repeated quarter notes or whole notes or whatnot um that's entertaining i really like the bridge because you can really hear the bass scaling up and down um that's cool uh, i guess really anything around the bass thumbs up down for um but with this song i really feel end song energy with this one i kind of feel it with the next track which is actually the end song or the final track uh but my mistake definitely gives me like final track end album uh sounds i could so. agree to that but i disagree with your comment about exist to resist uh and yeah. we'll, we'll get there momentarily um, well, i just can't think of anywhere else on the album i would put it and um, in that case i would have just taken it off uh, we will get there in a minute. Trust me. Okay. Oh, <laughs> we, 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 may, we may agree on that one. Um, right. Because the only other thing I have to say about this one, my mistake, is uh, the course at least feels much fuller in this track. And maybe, again, that's because the bass is like so much further ahead in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely noticed it and I liked it, though, just because, again, I like when things have like that full sound to it. So by all means, I'm here for it. So not a bad track overall. Yeah, I agree. Excellent. So then we'll actually move on to the actual real final track then. Song number 13, Lucky 13, Exist to Resist. Um, Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot for this one either, I guess. Um, I had a bad feeling about the song going right into it from the first second because my first note, the chorus effect on the drum at the beginning, no. What an awful intro. (laughs) Really? Like straight up. I'm just like, there is no need for what you just did with that effect like i've made the comment before in previous episodes where it's like some bands will find excuses to use effects and they don't really 
do anything for the music. They don't okay. do anything to enhance anything else or just, I don't know. It's, it's weird to me. So like the fact that that was Eric, it's, it was frustrating, but then like the rest of the song played out. Um, and this is where I kind of just told myself there's not much more to say about the song that hasn't already been said for previous tracks. Yeah. Uh, and this is where I said it doesn't really work as an ender. It feels like this could easily blend in at anywhere anywhere on this album and you wouldn't even notice. Really? Even with that intro? That intro seems too slow to be stacked between two other tracks. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know, but just... <laughs> If, I feel like this could have blended in anywhere on the album or yeah. not, not at all, as you said before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think my mistake, it's just a, a better end track. Um, th- with this one, I, it seems like there's been, uh, or there are a few lyrical callbacks through this track. I don't know if it's just like one or two, but I definitely noticed them. Um, and during the chorus, I do have to say that I love the guitar uh, the chords are just so pleasant. Uh, I like how they seem to be scaling sort of up and up. I, I'm i learning that I like that kind of anxiety, anticipation feeling when uh, chords are just like, well, I guess it just kind of scales up and up. It's just, I don't know how else to describe it other than you're just waiting for that sort of come down payoff. But you want that bass to drop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then you do know what I mean. It's just, it brings you up and up and up. And then sometimes it just goes back and loops. So it goes up and up and up and then repeats. And then, and then I'm just like, Oh my God, just like, you're like blue balling me right here. Like, I don't know what to say other than just, I don't know. Sometimes it's pleasurable. I don't don't know. Moving on. (laughs) No, it's fine. Cause I only have one more note anyway. Um, in just kind of tying into my my first note about like the course effects on the drum, no, why the hell was that there? Yeah, I'll, I'll just read this part verbatim. What was with that final minute? Some random avant-garde portion that really has no place on this album or serves any purpose. I get that some bands do bloopers or outtakes at the end of the album, but this was entirely unnecessary. Like the song ends, there's about five seconds of silence, and then a whole minute of just like bells and stuff. Yeah, like distorted church bells and a guitar kind of like sounds like it's kind of slightly tuning and just plucking strings. I'm just like, what the hell is... There's been nothing like this on the album so far. And did you say that there was an album after this or no? No, this was it. So it didn't even lead into anything. It's like, oh, we have a surprise for you on our next album. It's like, there's like, it did nothing. So why did you insert it? Like, it's... I, I don't know. This is weird to me. Like, maybe if it was a bonus track, I could forgive it and we could just not review it. But I mean, like, yeah. it's part of this song. So I had to say something. Yeah. Um, I I don't really think much of it. Um, normally, once it hits that five seconds or so of silence, I'm already moving on to the next album. So whatever. Um, but uh, I I could be wrong, but I feel like that, little bell whatever end part is the beginning of don't wreck it music video i could be incorrect but i'm pretty sure i'll have to look into that well i mean it's not uncommon for bands to do that where they'll take chunks of songs and put them at the beginning or end of their like music videos like yeah. the one that comes right off the top of my head is uh like gotha life by corn but the opening like few seconds of the video where the guy picks up the boombox and walks with the car that's actually the beginning of the song it's on by corn oh. and then it goes right into gotha life so just like 
Uh, yeah, bands do that all the time, so that doesn't surprise me. So you're you're probably right. Yeah, I don't know. I just open it up on YouTube and I think I'm wrong. So whatever. Who cares? Doesn't matter. We're at the end anyways. I was literally trying to tell you that you're probably right. And you're just completely pushing that off to the that's side. No, Happy that's birthday. Fine. Yeah. That's your birthday gift. You're, you're right for once. <laughs> that, nice. that, I'll take that as an agreement then. But yes, right. we are at the end of the album discussion. So, hey, thank you very much for making this far. And, of mm. course, you got to let us know what you think of the album, too. Did you listen to it? What did you think of it? You can always let us know down in the comments below of wherever you're watching and or listening because there's comment sections everywhere so please go ahead and do that uh if i had to kind of like do a quick little review of this album this is kind of something i think we're just starting to do now at the end of the episodes like a brief like sentence or two of saying what we thought about this realistically uh i wrote it sounds like they had fun making this album but 13 songs was overkill on what could have made a good eight song record um ouch Um, I, I definitely, well, I don't want to say I can agree, but I can see where you're coming from. Um, this album just kind of means more to me, I guess. I, I don't, I don't know, not audibly, but I guess just like emotionally in a way. Um, well, you have so so many stories attached to this band, so I can see why you would feel that way. I know. And I was going to say, um, if you're leaving comments and whatnot about what, how you would rate this record, tell me, are my stories good? Do I leave the house enough? I mean, Chris tells me I don't, but I mean, I got stories. Um, yeah. From the past. Yeah, I know. Like nothing in the last 10 years for sure. Um, but anyways, this, this record, it's nice. I like the Canadian 90s sound that I'm like super fond of. And I may be a little partial. Um, but um, I picked it. I have to like it. You don't have to like it. But I mean, hey, whatever. It's better that you do anyways. At least one of us can say like far more positive things about the album, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, we need that. Uh, we need that back and forth where I'm right. You're wrong. Um, that's pretty much it. That's kind of how we're going this. My last this re- just before we move on to ranking the songs, my last request for you is can you get your best friend Ryan Dahl to subscribe to the channel and subs- <laughs> uh, maybe uh, comment on the video, please, and thank you? All right, awesome. <laughs> I I could ask him or send him a, a DM, but uh, I don't really know if I want him listening to this entire thing. So, Well, if anything, he'll hate me more than he hates you. It's fine. Mm. I feel like I talked far more shit than you did, so I think you're a little more safe than me. Well, I mean... To be fairly honest, I do have a limb lifter tattoo. So if anything, I have pledged my allegiance to the limb. So is it in a place that you can comfortably show an audience? Yeah, it's on my wrist. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I want to make sure it was like in the middle of your back or like oh, between, no, no. like on your chest, like right on your like solar plexus. Oh, no, I, I took it from their debut album's uh, CD cover and I had one of my friends tattoo it on me because he was a tattoo apprentice. It looks like shit, but I love it. And it's there forever. Forever and never. Until, until we get that sweet Kofi.com slash rate the record money where you can use that money to remove a tattoo. Right. $300 and they'll put your name on me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That'll and, never and for five. Yeah, I was going to say for five bucks a month, that's we need a, hand, a good handful of people on Kofi. <laughs> so go ahead and support Savannah's tattoo removal. Exactly. 
While you're doing that and signing up for Kobe.com slash rate the record that supports financially, we're going to rank the songs now. So, yes. above our head, I mean, I guess not above our heads since we're not on camera. Uh, but I'm going to do this on screen anyway. So on screen now, boom, graphics have changed. It's not just a static background anymore. There are names. There are numbers. And there's going to be more names because we have to put song names there. We have 26 things to put all together on this 113 songs apiece for Age of Electric and Make a Pest a Pet. That's a bit of a tongue twister right there. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at our list. Or I mean, my song list anyways, my ranking list here. I have like f- five question marks. Okay. But I am. Oh, God. There's 13 songs. There's got to be at least one. But I've, we said that in the past, too. So I don't know. That's true. I'm personally, I'm going to say two. Don't know which ones. I'm just throwing it at the wall to see what sticks. Fair enough, but I can tell you, if we're going to start right now, it won't be this one. Song number 13, Scare Myself. Unity or Grenadine? Number 12, I Don't Mind. Nothing Happens. Number 11, Exist to Resist. You Complain. Going well so far. It's not. Number 10, Mad at the World. Yeah, number 10. It was a question mark, too. Yeah. Okay, so we we got one. Get rid of that Mm -hmm. pesky. Get out of your question mark, piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, not this one, though. Number nine, you complain. Cranky. I just think of Cranky Kong from the Donkey Kong series. (laughs) Number eight, my mistake. Scare myself. Number seven, Cranky. Number seven, my mistake. Yikes. Number six, Real Stumper. Exist to resist. Exist. Uh, let's see here. We got two more. No, three more. We can. Three more within five. What are the. Like, come on. It's, it's zero is really what it is. Probably. Uh, okay. Number five, remote control. Don't wreck it. Okay. We're down to what, one more match now. <laughs> All just in that one move alone. Don't wreck it. Okay. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna get it straight uh, up. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at where our final match is gonna be. It's hard to say. Number four, Unity or Grenadine. I don't mind. I don't mind. Number three, don't wreck it. Remote control. Interesting. Oh, this this is gonna be the make or break moment. Ooh. Oh god. Tense. Number two, nothing happens. Ah, oh, blow up. Ah, uh, close. Yeah. That's my number one, blow up. Ah, mine's real stumper. Yay, we like Ryan Dahl songs. <laughs> well, I like one of them. Yeah. Real stumper oh. was like, what, halfway up my list? Yeah. Well, either way. Yay. I'm actually pleased with your number one. It's not what I thought it was going to be. After listening to the whole uh, album, I thought it might be cranky because it does sound so look sort of different um yeah pretty much that was the only one that i could think of i mean well that was like pretty much the halfway point in my list mm-hmm. you surprise me sometimes uh, and you know what that's that's fine i mean uh, i'm getting old now and i'm full of surprises i'm actually full of less surprises than i was so whatever i got left <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of i guess fair all righty then well we got a match i mean i want to complain but i won't because we actually got one 
Yeah. Uh, the, in these days, getting one is like we might as well get a hundred because that's what it feels like in my mind. <laughs> yeah, we used to we used to do so well. Go check out some of those old episodes where we actually agreed, and now we've sort of come into our own, and now um, it, we get like zero matches most of the time. The ones off the top of my head are like. Uh, daughters, Red Hot Chili Peppers, like specifically Blood Sugar Sex Magic, uh, the Eagles, yeah. which broke the record. Uh, those are the ones, yeah, those are the good ones where we matched a lot. So go ahead and go check that out. Yes, but yes. don't do that yet because we got to do one more thing. We actually have to rate the actual record, you know, the name of the podcast. So let's go over now, transition screen, boom. Alrighty then, the album rating screen. I mean, you probably are getting sick of looking at this. I mean, I am because I mean, <laughs> look at that fat ass B tier. Look at I'm gonna fat shame the B tier. Look at you, fat fuck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can do that because I created it. Okay, I mean, I'm allowed oh to make fun God. of it. It is your monster. See, this is if I was a dad, that'd be my that, that would that'd be my idea. It's like I can make fun of my kid. They're my kid. Oh my god, that is Do terrible. something, you useless fuck. <laughs> Someone call CPS on him, please. Yeah, my non-existent son. Exactly. <laughs> yes, please, somebody save him before he's ever even born, which, spoiler alert, he won't be. Oh my god. Okay, what is your damn score? Quit yeah, enough stalling. of the, tra- of the I child know, abuse. <laughs> I know it's terrible, and I know you're just avoiding telling me. But I'm not avoiding... first. I'm not avoiding telling you, because I'm not afraid to tell you. Mm. Can I ask you what you think it is first? Um, so I don't think, well, I mean, I did guess before we even started recording that it would be about 67, 68%. Um, I stick by that even after listening to your review, I don't think that you absolutely loved it, but you definitely didn't tank it. So I'd like to think sort of middle of the road. Um, I think our scores together, um, will put like, push it at a C plus, I don't think it'll break the B tier for once. And if it does, yay, but my uh my optimism is not quite there today. Oh, I I fully anticipate a B tier album jokes aside because my score is 69.61. 69 nice. I was so close. for for once I didn't B tier personally. Uh so it's not in the 70s somewhere. It is I gave it a C plus itself. Yeah. Uh, this is where you got to tell me it's a B tier album. Oh, it's definitely a B tier album. 75.92. I totally fucked it up this entire time. <sighs> yeah. So even if I got graded to 67, it wouldn't matter. It'd still be a B tier album. Yeah, I guess. Eh. Uh, it's, 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 it's so frustrating. I hate it so much. <laughs> B-tier, B-tier. So with that, your score and my score combined, that puts the record at 72.76%. That is B minus. That is one better than Psychotic Symphony, but not as good as Billy Talent. So all like all your records are just piling on the bottom there, festering down at the bottom of the B tier. Yeah. Lovely. Mm. <laughs> Oh my mm. god! Are you like another? I, I was, I was happy that I C tiered it, but I mean, I knew it was going to be a B tier. It's like my score is well, not low enough to tank it. Right, and like there's absolutely no way that I was going to like end up rating it sixty anything. I I had no idea it was even going to be seventy five, but when it came out to that, I was pretty pleased. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, yay b tier uh, be happy it's your birthday b for birthday album there you go 
Yeah. More yeah, like I B minus for birthday album. Jeez. Yeah. I don't really know what I have to be excited about except for basking in the torture that is rating albums in the B tier. Um, because Which is all the fucking ha- time. Oh, yeah. Ha- ha- listening to you frustrated is a gift unto itself. Like at this point in season three, We've only had two albums that weren't in the B tier so far. Uh, there was The Kills, our first episode back, and then System of a Down hit the A tier, and it's been nothing but B tier ever since. Uh, yeah. What a bunch of shit. Anyways, that's our podcast, and that yeah. is the episode for the day. So, hey, thank you very much for uh, joining us today on this episode of another B tier album. You shouldn't be surprised at this point. We can joke mm-hmm. about it. We can complain about it, but it should not be a surprise by this point. We're just gonna have to change the title to the B tier, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, just we'll just give like a thesis on why we think every album is a B tier. Like, every <laughs> single album in the world is a B tier. Oh hell yeah! So thank you very much for joining us, uh, and of course, let us know what you think of the record down in the comments below, for wherever you're listening. Let us know, uh, you know, you listen to the album. Where would you rank the songs? Where would you rate the record? What's your favorite? What's your least favorite? What something other? Is it not a B tier? Is it a B tier? I don't know. Tell us, because my God, we're sick of listening to each other. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And if you have any fun uh, stories, whether it be with this band or any other ones that we've covered, I really want to hear them. I'm really interested in sort of artist interactions and stuff like that. Cause I know that I've had quite a few entertaining ones and I'm really curious to see uh, if anybody listening has uh, the same. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it is a band that we've covered before, you can always go back to that episode too and like leave a comment there if you just, if you feel like it'd be more relevant, but by all means, we always get notifications of new comments. So even if it's on a really old video, if you go back to episode one Pearl Jam and tell us about a Pearl Jam story that you have, where you've like got drunk with Eddie Vedder, by all means, we will see the comment. We will respond. Oh, hell yeah. God knows I will talk about it because stuff like that is so entertaining to me. I love it. Yeah, it's not like Facebook where if like you go like a post from two years ago, people think you're weird. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why that's weird, though. It's just like it's it's on yeah. the Internet forever. So if I just saw it now, I'm going to like it. But regardless, yeah. we, we appreciate the old comments, too. So by all means, if you want to go back and comment on an old episode, it's never too late. Mm mm. Uh, yeah, and of course, you can find us over on RateTheRecord.ca. Over there, you can find all the links to all the streaming platforms that you need, all of our social medias, which is at Rate the Record Podcast over on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And, I mean, you can also find Kofi.com slash Rate the Record over there, too, if you want to financially support the show and, you know, just help us do things in the RTR club a little bit. Uh, you'll get a shout-out on the show, your name at the uh, on a thank you card at the end of the, every episode. Uh, what else do we do? Bonus content, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I know what we do. And of course, if you have a band and you want us to like review one of your singles and be tier, by all means, we will do that. Five bucks Ooh. a month, RTR Club. Join up and have some fun. We know how to do nothing less. Yes, we are like neutral ass B all the way through. You could have like an epic God crushing song and it'd be like solid B plus tier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's how we work around here. But anyways, yes, thank you very much for joining us. But just before we go, we do like to give you like a little bit of a sneak preview of what's going on next week. Assuming we don't take another week off, we do have an episode. And not only that, though, it's another request and probably at this point the final one for season three because we only have like a few episodes left, I think. Ooh. Some long lines of that. We're done in mid-December and then we're gone for a month. Regardless, next week is a request. Uh, there's not much I could look up on this band right now. It's a band that's only been around since 2013, but one of the members is a longtime friend of someone who is a visual effects artist for the movie 300. That was the best piece of trivia I could find. 
I can't even like half-ass guess like I normally would. I have no idea. You you could just do what I did last week and just say Dio, and I'd be like, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, yes, Weezer. Uh, Dio Dio featuring uh, Glenn, Glenn Danzig. Ew. Yeah. I don't like any of that. I don't like Dio or Glenn Danzig. Yeah. Well, can there we, you go. That's we just say, what we're doing. How about Weezer featuring Dio? There you go. Sure. They'd probably do that, like Van sure. Weezer. Holog- like holographic Dio, though. Like, this happened in, like, 2021. But can we still get, like, a holographic version of Dio who's still kind of, like, kind of, like, hunched over and old and scuttling oh, around yeah. the stage? Oh, yeah. I don't want young prime Dio. Yeah. I want old scuttling Dio. Yeah, yeah, like thinning, thinning, uh, dyed hair and everything. Small yeah. man standing on a box to look taller. Yeah, I want that deal. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what we get for sure. All right. Well, while we lay out the pricing plans for how much that's going to cost us in the end, we're going to go ahead and let you go for the week. So until we see you next week, go listen to some awesome music. And I guess for Savannah's birthday, go listen to some awesome music yeah. like this album. Yeah. Oh, he said that he is being held hostage to say that. I can tell you that much. Yeah, because we're not on camera, so I can't. You can't see it as proof. <laughs> Anyways, go listen to some awesome music. We'll see you again next week. So take care, friends. Bye-bye.